This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your attention, please. It's time for Last Call. This is the last call, last call, last call. A behind-the-scenes and candid conversation from A's Baseball. That's going to be gone. To back, to back, to back. You believe that? To mic up memories, to industry insights, and after dark illumination of our national pastime. Here's Amelia Schimmel and Jessica Kleinschmidt. All right, welcome back. Great to be back. A little bit of a layoff, but we're here. Yeah, it feels like we're trying to get back in the swing of things, both pun intended and not pun intended. Jessica Kleinschmidt here. Last call is back with Amelia Schimmel. The, we, you know, we said last time we had a day. A day. But today we've had a week. We've had a week. So we're going to cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Having a week. Hopefully this... Okay. Ah, yeah, it's we're gonna, tough because what we're, we're sipping on today is a little bit less classy than usual. Um, everything we do is classy for the mm-hmm. record, but I will say it's also more full. So, uh, and ice too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just having myself like a vodka seltzer with some, some lime. I've got tequila seltzer with like a little bit of jalapeno and cucumber in it. So it's great. It's what did you say? It smells. It smells like uh Scottsdale regret. <laughs> it smells like Scottsdale regret is whatever. Yeah whatever that means it smells like you went out in scottsdale during spring training and woke up with a hangover right it's also about 82 degrees in here it so is. it, it is. feels like scottsdale feels like a winter night in scottsdale <laughs> i feel like that the ice in the drink does not enable like the good clink yeah that I, that I really have grown to know and love you said that kind of annoys you like the sloshing it does, God, this noise horrible yeah horrible when you get into a movie theater and you hear people's sodas like yeah. in their ice clinking it's one of my biggest pet peeves I feel I that. that noise I feel that um so we're we typically do games during after a home game um during a home stand but there's a lot to go over um and before we dive deep into like literally everything we have a lot there's a lot over. there's so a lot much. going on we're gonna do a game recap we do have a lot to celebrate uh, the A's eight to seven win over the Angels. Not only that, but they took the series. Mm-hmm. It was Polly B Day. Should you celebrate that? Should you recognize that? For those and who observe. To, for those who observe, and all of you should. He did give up a home run to Shohei Otani. Um, looks like Otani had another. But multi- who, who among us hasn't given for up sure? A home run and and you know, um, he, um, Otani had a multi um, home run game, and I feel like. Only I heard only Aaron Judge has had more than six multi home run games, games this season. Um, so that's you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the Angels, I'm gonna have to find the tweet, but I do believe they they had historically with their solo home runs in the game, like one per inning, some sort of historical thing. Um, and I'm gonna look for a tweet right now, but I wanna But ask we you. prefer the solo shots, by the way, because 
I mean, the ball was flying out today. So if you can just limit the damage and keep them the solo shots, then great. I agree. I agree. And, you know, Paul, Pauly B was looking a little shaky, but I do want to read this tweet because we talked to him um, at the first half of the season. And I, we were t- thinking about and asked him, what's it like to face Shohei Otani? Mm-hmm. And he said, I would say it's like facing a created player on a video game that has their numbers all the way up. Ugh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Although we beat Shohei Otani yesterday, um, yeah. pitching wise, I mean, you got to specify, which is insane that the guy does both, but, um, Caprillion had a day, like a good, not, not like a day, yeah. like a day. He had a good day. <laughs> he didn't have a last call day. Right. He had like a day, a day, a day. And, uh, I believe five innings, one earned, uh, I got to double check that, but Nice game for him, and it's always tough to go up against Shohei Otani, but Caprillion pitches well in Southern California, which is where he's from. Mm-hmm. And Caprillion, by the way, I just, I don't know if this segue is going to work or not. I'm going to try it on for size. Mm-hmm. Caprillion is one of the prospects that we were traded in the Sunny Gray trade, of uh, the trade deadline of 2017. And everybody, you know, people poo-pooed that trade because everybody loves Sunny Gray, including myself. Um, and he went over to the Yankees, but we got, you know, then a little known James Caprillion, who was a really high draft pick for the Yankees. He also had hair on his head back then. (laughs) That's a fun fact. I didn't know that. He did. Um, he, he had, um, he was recovering from Tommy John then as well too, I think. So it was kind of, you know, all right, what are we going to get from this guy? And, um, now I think we're starting to see, like he's coming around. It's really fun to watch him. It's kind of, it almost looks like his motion is like a little bit effortless. It's weird. You know, you, he, he gets some velocity there, but you don't see really where it comes from. Whereas as opposed to Zach Jackson, who's yeah. like reaching back towards second base and like slingshotting it to the plate. So by the way, Zach Jackson looking like a closer boy, mm-hmm. looking like a closer boy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we obviously had to rid of Lou, uh, Lou Trevino and he was part of that Yankees trade, as you, you mentioned, along with Frankie Montas. We knew Frankie was not going to be sporting the green and gold come August 2nd trade mm-hmm. deadline. Um, so I'm going to talk to y'all about the the trade that did occur. He would, they were the headliners. We of course did trade with the, the, the Cardinals, uh, our minor league catcher, Austin Allen, who was up at the beginning of the season, but spending some time in triple a, but we don't have enough catchers in the system, obviously. Yeah. And I wanted to actually talk about that. I had Jim Duquette on the show yesterday and, you know, he is an analyst now, but he was, he spent 20 years as a GM. And I asked him, you know, when you're trading or you, you're spending a majority of the time in the draft, you're getting, you know, these young catchers, when you flip it toward the trade deadline, you go out and get promising prospect pitching. Like, what does that mean for the future? And he said, it's a positive sign. And we all knew heading into spring training, the moment that Shamanaya was traded, this is what we had to concentrate on. And I got to admit, despite what happened, I tweeted out the lineup the next day. And I was like, these, I know all of these guys. Mm-hmm. So Sean Murphy's still on the team, yeah. Ramon Laureano, Chad Pinder, the guys that I thought were going to, I know they got a lot of interest, but the guys I thought would be gone were still there. So we're going to go over the trades that did occur. Left-handed pitchers, JP Sears and Ken Waldachuk, yeah. your boy, right-hander Luis Medina and second baseman Cooper Bowman. Um, so like I said, I think we're looking forward to the future, which I think is really cool. And I love when a pitcher trade happens. Don't get me wrong. I think catchers are very underappreciated. It's very much an ode to Bob Melvin. He loves mm-hmm. him some catchers. And I think that's kind of a theme that occurs. But yeah, we have a wealth there. We do point. have a wealth so pitching there. pitching is good. And uh, I know a lot of people were getting nervous when we signed minor league catcher Bo Taylor. They thought I thought he was going to take yeah. over for Sean Murphy. No disrespect to Bo Taylor, but mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Tell me about um, Waldachuk. You were watching a lot of his film. So admittedly, I don't necessarily... Yeah 
I didn't know a ton about Ken Waldachuk before this week. Um, it's not like I just go and watch all the prospects of like, oh, who could we get? I think that's more of like a Cody Elias brand thing, um, which his props thing. to him because he knows all these guys. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't know how you do this. But anyways, Ken Waldachuk, I started watching a little bit of video and he's got a really interesting delivery. He's got this lefty kind of sweeping pitch and his and his leg kicks out afterwards in the way that kind of reminded me of Sandy Koufax and I don't want to put like a prospect who hasn't proven himself yet in the same category as Sandy Koufax Comps are difficult Jewish icon Sandy Koufax you know my family loves him but um the wind-up is very similar yeah it's yeah it's kind of like almost a three-quarters look and it comes across in an interesting way and his leg kind of kicks out. It was like a little bit old timey, which I appreciate. I, like, I did too. It's unique. It looks somewhat repeatable for what it's worth. I'm not really sure, but I've only seen, you know, obviously just recent stuff of him. And he, I thought was kind of the prospect you could, you know, expect to see fastest in the major leagues. I thought maybe the best of the hall, but you yeah. think differently, I think. Yeah. And I, and I want to touch back on Waldachuk because I thought it was really interesting how you said his windup stood out and you want to have a guy like that in the midst of your rotation, because we're used to certain, these high velocity guys who look a certain way, you bring Waldachuk into it, you're going to spice some things up. Mm-hmm. JP Sears is my guy only because he made his A's organization debut last night with my other team, the Reno, against my other team, the Reno Aces. And he was, his fastball was topping out at 95. And what people really liked about him was the fact that he'd had this one, two, three inning mm-hmm. and he was able to strike guys out. It appeared he had a pitching limit and we weren't hundred percent sure why, and that could be a front office call. Um, but the way that they were watching him is they're a little confused or not. I don't, I don't want to say confused. I wasn't the person making these calls, but the person that was viewing what was going on is they were unsure if he'd be good out of the bullpen or if he'd be a good Mm. starter, not a bad problem to have. Um, but all of that. And I know you, you love you some Luis Medina. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I love me some Luis Medina yet. I love the idea of Luis oh my gosh, I love that. Um, because I heard that he threw 100 miles per hour when he was 16, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Some I Danny Almonte vibes, my, yeah. minus the fake age. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when you're 16 and you're throwing 100, you're kind of like, maybe save it for like, you know, a couple years later. We don't want, you know, you to throw too hard, too yeah. young, obviously. But he's throwing 103 now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, can he get the command? Like, that's what you always wonder when a guy throws 100. Yeah. Is this, if he's going to be able to paint, then that's, that's pretty hard to hit, but we'll see. I think that's kind of the question for him. And then of course we've got a second base prospect in Cooper Bowman. So yeah, we can always pitchers and an infielder. I'm really, I I'm really the, excited. I love like, the hall. I'm excited to it. see this. I think this is like people, you got to understand that, you know, prospects are not as sexy because you don't know them yet. I'm excited to see all the prospects that we just got in a lot of these trades. And it's going to be really cool because we're going to see a lot of major league de- debuts really soon. I love announcing major league yes, debuts. That's one of my favorite parts. I love seeing first strikeouts. If, if it's a pitcher, I love seeing first major oh, and league they roll hits. the ball back to the dugout. Oh, it's so cool. We're going to see all of that. And that's like, that's the best part to, you know, is it sad to see Frankie Montas go? Yes. He's a really great guy. So is Lou Trevino, like really nice guys, both of them. Um, but like, that's part of the game. And I know we were all anticipating a Montas trade. And I will say, despite all of it, like I said, I thought the A's were going to make a lot more, make a lot more trades. Mm -hmm. When when we talked to David Forrest in the press conference, he said, 
maybe we're going to make some more moves. Maybe we won't. He was yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> he was 100% correct. He, you know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked mm-hmm. about the transition because last season, the A's, in my opinion, made arguably, they had the best haul of the trade deadline. You know, Josh Harrison, uh, Starling Marte, uh, Chafin and Jan Gomes. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really good haul. And, and I asked him about the transition. He said, there wasn't much of a transition because spring training, we knew this was going to go, go down. Um, you're the best haul of the trade deadline though. I don't know if that's the tequila speaking, but it, you are. Thank you so much. That is so nice. Yeah. I don't know what that means either. That's okay. But I wanted to find, I found this little antidote earlier. Cause you know, an antidote, an antidote. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to say, I want to say you mean anecdote, but I just don't want a woman's blame you. Right I also now. wanted to like, I also have an antidote to like making not be on tequila so much. Yeah, I do need so that I'm antidote. Gonna so, I'm so going to sober you up with this nugget. <laughs> this is a good antidote. Um, so speaking of prospects, so one of the two selected at the futures game, there was Shay Langlears mm-hmm. and then there was Denzel Clark. He made history by recording in inside the park homers in consecutive games. Woof. So this has like literally never happened before. I think there's some historical stuff you want to talk about, um, a certain era, those kinds of things, but it might be the first time that's ever been done. Um, if you watch Denzel Clark, he's fast and these things happen. So my question, do you like the inside the park home run? I like the inside the park home run a lot. It is extremely exciting to me. I don't love it when it's like, let's say you're at Oracle park and it's in triples alley and the ball ricochets off like seven different walls. Or if it's something where it should have kind of been called an error, somebody misplayed it or whatever, and it becomes an inside the parker. I think it's more like true and exciting um, when the ball just kind of goes into no man's land and people are trying to chase it down and the runner's really fast, yeah. which is like and pretty he's, rare. Yeah, he's got, but, he's got 60 plus speed, but he was running yeah. as if that wasn't a yeah. good enough grade. I understand it does have to ricochet off a wall yes. in order for it to kind of get into no man's land. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend what I previously said. But um, I don't love it when it's like, it should have been played properly. It was misplayed and, and that results in an inside the park. So if the defensive capabilities weren't on par, right. then it, if it's not like a- I like best do, against do, best. Do, 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 yeah. do, like, we don't love that. <laughs> Little League circus home yes. run, nah. Yes. Um, but inside the parker, I didn't see those specifically. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, they definitely did highlight his speed. Yeah. So I think when they casually mentioned the inside the park home run, it was like, well, this guy deserves to be spoken about because he's just electric and he's yeah. fun to watch. Um, and what about the cycle? Do you like the cycle? I'm out. It's a scam. You know what? Tell me and why. Here's why it's- Tell me why. I'm out on it as a concept. Okay. Tell me and why. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to, I'm going to start aggressively clapping into the microphone because I am not happy when people talk about, oh my God, such and such just hit a cycle and how historic that was. As, as Mark DeRosa used to Did say at MLB it's Network, historic? it's a scam. Do they think it's historic? I feel like they give it this historic air yeah. as if, oh my God, you know what? The guy went four for four, which is fantastic. Right. Or, you know, maybe he got another hit in the game as well too. But like, I'd rather have three triples and a double, right? Than single, double, homer, triple. I went in and out right now. <laughs> a triple double. No. Well, okay. Is, 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 okay. Four homers is better Let's go. than a cycle. Obviously, that would be a historic moment yes. too that people would celebrate. But like, it's just kind of one of those things that is odd and it doesn't happen very often. So people celebrate it. But I don't think people should constantly be on cycle watch unless 
you've got a really slow runner who could never hit a triple and like, right. you know, like the, when Sean Murphy is chugging into third for his triple and that completes like the he's cycle, never hit gonna, a, if he's never hit a cycle, like yeah, I'm going to celebrate yeah. there for sure. But I just, I don't think it's one of those things that's deserved of kind of like a record baseball, book, mention. Like, a, like a baseball reference. Right. It's category. not record. Book. Yeah. Because there are guys who have had better games at the plate five for five, whatever, yeah. with three homers or something, then yeah, maybe that's better than a cycle, but right. it's not called something. Yes. So we don't think of it as, as glamorous. Do you agree? Or I, you... I love a cycle. I don't, oh, I don't no. I'm right there with you. I don't think you need to put it on a baseball reference page, yeah. but I do love how funky and unique it is. It's funky and unique, but I think that's, I think everybody agrees with you that it's funky and, and I, and I'm not, I, and like I said, like, I think we should definitely celebrate the fact that it happens because it's like a cool thing to talk about. I think it's very, like, it's cool that it happens because not, there's also like four at bats, whatever four plate appearances doesn't happen that often yeah. these days. If there's injuries and stuff, like, I mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. So I like the funkiness and the uniqueness of it, but you know, who also does not love a cycle? Who? Mr. Vince Catronio and Vince, you and I are on the same wave. Yeah. And I, I heard that during another broadcast while I was in the midst of it, when I was with the aces, uh, Zach Bayrudy said, Vince does not love a cycle. And then of course I had to defend myself, mm-hmm. but I'm right there with you. I think it's a little, I feel like it's cool and it's unique. And I do love how like the person who is obsessed with baseball can appreciate it in certain aspects. Yeah. The person who doesn't care about baseball can appreciate it in certain aspects. Fair. And it's the triple for me. We can call a truce for that. And it, it's the triple for me. So what if you, what if you lead off with a triple, the, let's say you go triple home or double, and then you're just waiting for a single. Is the single going to be that exciting? I mean, Should I, he stop it first I in mean, order to get, that's the thing. Would no one, that's the, that's the thing is a cycle. So exciting that you should limit yourself to a single instead of taking the extra bag. I don't think so. I don't think they would do that. If it yeah. was like, there's it's certain, been done though. Yeah. And there, there's certain things that like, you just, you give the guy props, you don't give the guy props or you have respect, like the unwritten rules of the right. game. When it comes to a single, like just like do what you're supposed to do. If you can make it to second, like, yeah. Turn on. Do you think Otani will ever hit for the cycle and strike out the side in the same game? Because that would be, I really think that he, would be a remarkable I 100% think right he there. will. I think he could do it. Or throw. Yeah. Like there's nothing that man yeah. cannot do, Whew. especially if you're playing on uh, create a player mode or immaculate inning. Yeah, yes. that would be dope. Okay, um, so let's talk Baybridge series. Part of the reason why we are here, and I think we talked about this. Are you Baybridge series or Battle of the Bay? Baybridge series. Although when I think Battle of the Bay, I think of that cool like logo, that T-shirt from back in the day where it was it was like Conseco. What was it? Barry Bonds and McGuire or Conseco. We're gonna cut this part out because I can't remember. Was it was Barry Bonds by himself going up against Conseco and Mark? Because I love that. I gotta. I'm gonna Google it right now, and then maybe we won't have to take it out. <laughs> but I really think that that's cool. Battle of the Bay. I'm picturing that's Big Daddy Barry Bonds BDE Big Dinger Energy. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, you oh, this it. is what it is. It's okay. It's not either. It's just like anonymous guys. It's just two it's dudes. anonymous yoked up dudes, two guys pulling being dudes on an 89 world series banner while straddling the bridge. So it's two guys one, being dudes. one of the calls. It's dudes being bros. It's um, there's a lot of biceps in here. Google so it. So you know biceps. what we're talking about. I don't know why I thought for one, for some reason that like, it was like Barry on one side and maybe Big Mac or something on the I, other. I think they, they're doing that a little bit had, more now yeah. than they were back in the day. I think they didn't want to mess up people's faces. You remember that Cristiano Ronaldo, like, oh, yeah, that the face, 
Like if you're going to make a statue of one of the most beautiful men in the world, maybe like don't screw it don't up. Don't screw it up. You know, yeah. they did that Step with one. Brandy Chastain too. Um, so obviously the A's versus the Giants, the huge rivalry. Um, I feel like there's bigger rivalries. Sorry, you didn't tell me what you call it though. Is it the Bart series? That's not a thing. <laughs> um, that is fictitious literature. Um, but you know, when I was working for a certain company, we had to call it a certain thing, mm-hmm. but now I love the battle of the Bay. Yeah. And I feel like the giants and the A's are at a certain aspect right now, point in the season where they're kind of evened out, right? Like last year we, they were same, just as evened out. Cause they were both very competitive this year. They're kind of both on the decline. Although I will say that the A's are playing great lately and the giants are not. So I will say going in but, I, but, but I also feel like they're kind of meeting in the middle in certain aspects. Fair. They were starting off strong in the first half um and and everything like that and I feel like the A's are always you know they're kind of like the the funny little not taken seriously child of the group yeah that just break and win yeah exactly and I feel like that's imperative because a lot of times I love seeing a team that's not taken seriously Mm -hmm. but they're grindy and all of that and I love seeing Yaz go I love seeing Yaz go against Tony Kemp because they're best friends and um they're roommates at uh Vandy and they're um Michelle and Mama Yaz are on the same, they're like two months yeah. apart as far as little babies. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. They and were pregnant with each other. Renelle and I will text during the series too. And she is wonderful. And she, you know, we are friendly rivals yes. during that series. Yes. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so Renelle Brooks Moon is of course the PA announcer for, uh, at Oracle Park for the yeah. Giants. Um, both of you are very much legends. So the Bay Bridge <laughs> series, um, obviously with these two teams going up against each other, it's a strong rivalry. But talk a little bit more about the extra stuff that's going on because there's a lot going on. There's so much fun stuff going on. So first of all, we're going to start with Saturday because um, we have a lot of exciting things at the Coliseum. I mean, not only the fact that, you know, with A's and Giants fans there in the ballpark, it's always like a really lively crowd. It's a lot of fun. There's a little bit of friendly animosity. I love it. Um, We've got the Bay Bridge trophy that it's a that's at stake. You love you some babies. I do. We already trophy. talked about that. So we'll gloss right over it. But on Saturday, we're giving away a Ray Fossey patch, which is, which is awesome. I mean, and it's, it looks just like the one that the guys wear on their home right, white uniform. Right. There's another version of it at the authentic stand. So there's two options, but you know, you get the giveaway when you, when you get to the park, which is fantastic. And you know, there are a lot of ways that we're honoring Ray Fossey. And one of those is the Monty Moore award presentation. That's pregame Saturday. Um, Monty Moore himself will honor Ray Fossey and the, the award is named in Monty's honor. Monty, of course, you know, was um, broadcasted 3000 straight games for us on A's radio. So he's a legend in his own right. And Carol Fossey and the Fossey family will be there to accept the award on Ray's behalf. We have a concert in championship plaza yes. at about two o'clock we're going to open championship plaza at 145 so a little bit earlier than usual i'll be there for sound check yeah i, I will be singing or i don't want to scare anybody away but the answer yeah. is no <laughs> well unfortunately jess will not be singing at this concert but you will actually have to see a professional band well, yeah they, yeah um they're, they're called notorious no relation to biggie smalls um, and there will be food trucks and there will be drinks. So like, come on a pregame yes. concert before the four o'clock game. So that's a lot of fun. It's like a really cool time mm-hmm. for the game to start. It's a great game. And we're going to try to do this. I think every Saturday where we have concerts and I just, I don't know. I love the idea. I, I love the too. championship plaza vibe. There's like cornhole, there's food trucks. So that's going to be fun. 
And then, you know what, if people are having drinks beforehand and then they get into the Coliseum for the four o'clock game, it's going to be way more fun of a crowd. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be watching from above while yes. we see just people do weird stuff, <laughs> um, which I love. And then um, on Sunday, we have this rally towel. I wish, you know, if this weren't radio, I would just be all up in your face with it right now because it's so cool. It's the, one of the best towels I've ever seen. It's really cool. It's one of the best towels you've ever seen. I, well, cause no, how, I just, how many rally towels do we have? No, you're right. I think that's like totally true, but I just didn't think that was a sentence I'd ever, I for would sure. Ever and I will say, you know, I use a lot of my rally towels for makeup removage. <laughs> this, not this, this one. is not, not this one. This one, might, this, this one going to get framed. This one's getting framed. Yes. This one's going on the old mantle. Yes. And it's cool. Cause it features, I can't even describe it properly, but it features all six of the hall of fame inductees that we're going to induct pregame Sunday. So we have this big ceremony, get there early. It's a one o'clock game, but the ceremony is probably going to start at about 12, 15 mm-hmm. or so. And we'll have, um, you know, people representing, you know, obviously Ray Fossey's uh, wife, Carol, will be there. We'll have Sal Bando Jr. there in honor of Sal Bando, but Joe Rudy himself. Shavi couldn't be there because, you know, he's got to work, whatever. I'm so annoyed. I know. It's like, I'm what is so it? so annoyed. Because you know what? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we totally understand why like, he can't be there. I, um, but like, I also just like, I, I know I'm going to meet him when he, when they're here with the Mets, but yeah. like, I also just. He works for the Mets, by the way. Yeah. He, yeah. he's their hitting coach, but I also just. He is the guy because people always ask me, like, have you ever like been starstruck? And I got to be honest, he's probably going to be the guy where I'm not going to know how to say words. Fair. I did. I did the same thing. Well, I won't say quite the same, like at MLB Network. um, I got introduced. I think Matt Vaskersian was like, hey, here's Eric Chavez. You may know him. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, this is my my first couple of years at MLB Network. I was trying to be cool and stuff. So. Hey man, I, there's sup, nothing sup, cool dude. about me. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, we, okay. Just to get back to the honorees that we have Keith Lippman who has, has been with the A's organization yeah. for so long and continues, um, in our player development department, he's a legend. And then Vuce, yes. it. love him. I did too. He's just so fun. And like his office was basically like a museum. So anyways, excited about the hall of fame ceremony. It's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, the rally towel. I would love to see. By the way, it's gold on one side mm-hmm. and a really cool artwork on the other. So that gold side's gonna come in handy. Yeah. Like, can you picture the Coliseum Oof. just like rocking? I think about the AL the AL the wild card game. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it too. We did still. Uh, well, let's set uh, an attendance record. That's true. Yeah. Wild card game, but I think back. I think even more to 2012. I can't. I, for some reason, I remember gold rally towels that year, and I don't know. Mm if I'm making that up or if that's an actual, I think I had, I think I had a fast metabolism back then. We all did. We all, we should have appreciated it then. I I didn't, you know, and you know, actually I never had a fast metabolism. Who am I kidding? But yeah, still. Yeah. Those were the days. They were the days. Those were the days. We had no, well, I guess we had some bills, but they weren't like, we had a decade. We had a, we had a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're going to kind of, talk about unfortunately a very sad thing that happened yeah. um Vince Scully passed away on Tuesday August 2nd we lost an absolute legend uh the voice of the Dodgers and our childhood mm-hmm. before we go into detail about how you found out the news yeah. <laughs> you have a very cool Vince Scully a couple of yeah. cool Vince Scully stories well I just when I hear the name Vince Scully I think it's time for Dodger baseball and um I just he 
was so friendly. I, I personally didn't know him, but he was so friendly to everyone that I knew like at MLB network, for example, that they would always just say how great of a guy he was. Like I've never heard of or met somebody for whom everyone uniformly liked them. And it was never really everyone. about how he, he was good, amazing at yeah. his job, but it was just who he was. Like person. the Mr. Rogers of baseball yes. kind of, Oh, I love, you know that. what I mean? Just yes. everybody. And I don't even, I mean, I, I think that like Vin almost for me, it's even more so because he worked for the Dodgers in broadcasting for 67 years and to go that long and never kind of get embittered by anything or never kind of, you know, be tired and have a bad day and bark at somebody. He never did. He was just so nice to everybody. Every single person. I've just random friends posting on Facebook now of pictures that like, oh, this is the day that I met Vin Scully. And he said the nicest things to me. And you hear thousands of stories like that. But when I was at MLB Network, I was working with Matt Beskersen very closely, who is a legend in his own right. Mm -hmm. And A's I, fan. A's fan. Yes. He's from the Bay Area. And he's one of my mentors. He was, you know, he was just wonderful. I think of him kind of as like a Vin Scully-esque type person. And I know he probably wouldn't even put himself in that same category, but I do because yeah he's just kind to everybody. And so he wanted to um, do a feature when, when Vin retired, I think it was 2016 called letters to Vin Scully. And I helped produce it with him. And the thing that he wrote, I mean, just from the heart about Vin, I will never forget. I kind of, it almost brought me to tears. Um, he wrote a line in there that said, thank you for always giving us someone to look, look up to without feeling like we were being looked down upon. And that to me just summarizes Vin Scully and his thoughts on Vin and Vaskersian when he does games and he's done world series games, he's done really big games. If there's a big moment, a milestone moment, a walk-off home run, he would let the crowd kind of swell and he would let people hear the roar of the crowd. It wasn't always about him. He would say a few words, you know, and, and the Dodgers walk it off and then wait, hear the crowd roar. And then he would kind of pick it back up with whatever kind of the, the embellishment of the color was about that play. And that was a very Vin Scully thing. And I think that's where Matt learned that. And I remember that happening. I, I don't remember this firsthand because it was in 1981 and I wasn't born yet, but that's I do. Right, I were so young. I've watched the, the catch, the infamous, the <clears throat> catch, uh, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark with 51 seconds left in the game. And Scully called that. And that was like one of the non-baseball moments that he is, you know, um, was iconic for him. And um, I just just the way that he let the crowd roar, but then also kind of worked with it. And his, his voice was just so soothing. It just felt like it belonged there. Yeah. And I know a lot of people remember that. And a lot of iconic calls, even Kirk Gibson, 1988. I know that was like, not the best, too soon. Too not soon. The, too soon. how soon is too soon? Yeah. The, not the best day for the A's, obviously. But if you think about it in a vacuum in terms yeah. of Vin Scully calls, um, just, he was just a legend. And one fun fact about Vin Scully, who also called Don Larson's perfect game, 1956, we were both there. Mm -hmm. um, no, actually, you know who was there? My father, who he passed away uh, two decades ago now, but he used to tell me growing up, one of his, like, one of the coolest things that he ever witnessed was he went to the barbershop in the Bronx in 1956, just days before Don Larson threw his perfect game. And he grew up in the Bronx, a Yankees fan, and he went to the barbershop and Don Larson was there. And he remembers like being in the bar barbershop with Don Larson. And then like the next day or a couple days later, Larson threw his perfect game and Vin Scully called it. And like, oh my God, what's, what's cooler by the way, than throwing a perfect game. 
I would say Vince Scully calling that perfect game. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't you, I mean, like Clayton Kershaw must go back and listen to his no hitter yeah. Vince Scully calls on them and think, my God, how cool it is that yeah. Vin called this. Yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. that's my, t- do you have a Vin Scully story or like a thought? Yeah. Well, I felt, and it's funny you mentioned, um, he even said like people were listening to him on the radio when they were kids, they would like literally lay their head on a radio and he would mm. put them to sleep and he didn't, he, it was never about the way that he was talking. It was just it was soothing and help him sleep. And I feel like when he would speak, it felt like I, w- I had like a sweater on, it was warming me up. Um, but this was when I was in my infancy of my, you know, career, if you will, I stumbled upon, um, this phone number and I was given to it by somebody who I was working with. And he's like, Hey, I need for you to cover me and call into the conference call. Then Scully's going to retire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. <laughs> and this was, and, and mind you, I think I actually was like, I was in the, the conference call for like Ken Griffey's uh, being in the hall of fame and all this other stuff. And then, so this had happened. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to work from Starbucks today. So I was sick of working from home. And I was like, I'll just listen in on this conference call, but it, it like changed my life. And so I'm, I just remember the exact Starbucks I was at and the exact seat I was sitting at. Future and, proud sponsor of the show. <laughs> yes. You know me, I love some coffee. Um, and I just remember like, I was looking straight ahead, listening to, to Vin talk and I start crying and then I get goosebumps. And, and it was, it was weird because there were so many people on the call, like Ann Killian was on the call, mm-hmm. John Shea, like big names. And, but I felt he was only talking to me. And I, that's what I made my blog post about like covering. I was like, and and he was so selfless and being like, I know you guys say you need me, but I need you just as much. Yeah. And I got to be honest. I didn't listen to a lot of calls because I don't think it mattered. Yeah. I knew he was good. I've, I've listened to them enough where I'm like, okay, great. But then it was just who he was as a human being. And I love meeting people where I forget that they're like a baseball player or they're an athlete because they're just such good people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were all terrified when COVID happened and we knew that he wasn't, he retired before that. He's just a legend. And as it's kind of like, you may not love the Dodgers, but you love you some Vince Scully, mm-hmm. you know, and he gets to be reunited with his late wife. And it's just something that was just amazing. And the way that he was with the people around him and he, would listen to you he'd make eye contact with Mm -hmm. you and just he did it better than anybody and it was universal and it was the transition from when he started up until now like he was able to be embraced by the the kids just now falling in love with the game like you just respected him and I thought that that was very um impressive and you know so so humble and approachable by the way he called 20 no hitters 20 that is wild yeah insane and he watched Jackie Robinson play he, that is just my yeah. god I mean the bridge to yeah. that generation right what I would have given to watch Jackie Robinson yeah. play and you know but he <laughs> he had a wonderful long life so we're happy about that but yeah um shout yeah. out to Vince Scully yeah because, one up for for Ben yeah. um just like the guy to kind of start it all and just remind us that baseball's amazing but the people in it are better mm-hmm. yeah um do you want to talk about a shirt or something? I, I, um, do you want to talk about how you found out? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the, the best, 
the best thing Jess could have done. I'm walking. So we're at it. We're at my softball game this past Tuesday. And um, Jess came and watched from the bench, which I thought was so sweet of her. And she said the most motivational thing <laughs> to me as I was walking to the plate for, I think my second at bat after I think flying out my first at bat. And I was just ready to get a hit. And she said to me, she leaned in and she said, Amelia, Vince Scully just passed away. <laughs> I'm like, well, what? What? I'm like, and then I'm like walking in the plate, like do it for Vin. I will, like, I, I, will, I will say, who said I, that? I was being a journalist and I'd rather you hear it from me and I'm, not go I mean, I'm on. glad I didn't just see it like yeah. as a as a notification on I know my for, phone, but I there know, were better, probably better times. I know for me. a fact you would have looked up at me and been like, why didn't you tell me? That's fair. You know, like as I was rounding second yes. on the double that I would, I would have, have ran out I there. I would have ran out there stuff. if I wasn't wearing flip flops. I think, did I get a hit that at bat or no? I don't think so. I don't think it was that one. I think it was too sad. Yeah. You told me that news. That is true. But I, you know, I, it was, it was, it, it sucked. It's, yeah. it sucked. <laughs> There's no good time. I also had to tell somebody. There's no good time. I was time. sitting by myself because nobody wanted to hang out with me. Well, I felt like I was like the softball wife, like going to her husband's game, but like I was new. I'm so. the husband in that scenario, by the way. But just, just so we know, Jess never takes her reporter hat off. I never, never do. Never. So, um, I actually, thanks did, for keeping me updated. You're Appreciate very welcome. You. Um, before we, before you help me with this thing, yeah, I will say A's are expecting around 40,000 at the Coliseum for Saturday's <gasps> game against the Giants. I'm excited. I'm real excited. That's Saturday. That is Saturday. And probably even more Sunday, I bet, because I'm not saying like 70,000 because we can't fit that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like whatever it is Saturday. There'll be one trillion I'm thinking fans there might on be a lot Sunday. Sunday too because we have the Hall of Fame yes. ceremony too. So it's not just an awesome game. It's an, it's a great I'm looking ceremony. forward. But maybe it. all those people are coming for that pregame concert on Saturday. You never know. Probably because you told them I'll be singing. Well, they don't know yet because this is taped, but yeah. They're going to, they know. <laughs> Because you're singing. No wonder the band's called No. What, what are you singing? Um. Oh, that's a great question. Probably um, Nicki Minaj right through me. <laughs> if it goes well, she'll be singing the anthem on Sunday, y'all. Oh, by the way, we do have a cool aunt. Sorry, I just went completely <laughs> spazzed out. We do. I, I have the like, I, I'm like a cat where I just like, once I get an idea yes. in my head, I like have to shift cat, gears. Is that what cats do? The, just the spazzing out gotcha. reflexes gotcha, and gotcha. stuff. Um. Tony Lindsay, uh, who was the lead singer of Santana, is going to be singing Your the boy. anthem this weekend as well, too. So we had him before once, and he was fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that, too. So, yeah. But you were going to tell me you had a favorite thing that Ken Korak and Mark Kotze told you last week. And I'm I, like, the suspense is killing me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So as you mentioned, I never take my journalist hat off. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did pre and post game for the radio, one of the games. And for like five minutes in the first block, I talked to Ken for a little bit. And um, actually it was the post game because uh, the Rangers were having a really good game against, I believe it was Polly B. And I said, was Polly B struggling or can we give some props to the Rangers? And he said, that's a really good question, Jess. Hmm. Um, the next day I was in the scrum for Mark Kotze. And I asked him a question. He said, that's a really good question, Jess. <laughs> that to me. Was it a, was a different question? It was, it was a different question, okay. but it was just, it was, those are two of my, that's my favorite response mm -hmm. to anything I could get. And that's a journalism thing, a reporter thing. Like when somebody responds to that and it makes them think mm -hmm. that's, that's a good day for me. That's, it's always nice. Like it's always nice for people to respond in that way. And those guys are those type of guys, mm -hmm. right? Korak and Kotze, yes. they're the ones that are great listeners and they treat everybody really with respect. So 
it's really nice to hear that they appreciate you. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we will hopefully see all of y'all out of the the yard this weekend. Go A's. Let's get that bridge trophy. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a good series for honestly for both teams. I love the the competition that comes out of it and we love ourselves a good rivalry. Mm -hmm. We do indeed. So cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.